Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to Future of Media Explained. And this week we're hearing about why downturns can be good for business publishers with Dow Jones CEO Alma Latour. Welcome to Future Media Explained. I'm Charlotte Tobit, UK editor at Press Gazette, and I'm here today with Press Gazette editor-in-chief Dominic Ponsford. Hello, Dom. Hi, Charlotte. Have you recovered from your trip to New York? Well, I was going to mention I've recently been to New York. I don't know if I've mentioned that. I only brought it up because it is genuinely relevant for today's episode. Yes. So, well, I was, yeah, in New York, where I was, I was hanging out with uh, Alma Latour, who's the... um, CEO of uh, Dow Jones, Newswise, Barron's, Markets Watch, and the Wall Street Journal. And um, so he's one of the, probably one of the biggest employees of journalists in the world, I think, one of the biggest newsrooms in the world, about 1,700 journalists. And he, and he was speaking at our US conference, our sort of media strategy network we did in, in uh, New York. And I'll be honest with you, the sentiment uh, among publishers was fairly glum all round at that event. Most news publishers in the US and the UK this year are down. In fact, someone came up with quite a good catchphrase, which was "modestly down is the new up." So if you're only if you're only a little bit down, that's the new up this year. But uh, our keynote speaker was Alma Latour, as I say, uh, and they're they're a business publisher. So you've got the Newswise business, and then they've got the Wall Street Journal, massive newspaper, but also huge um, subscription uh, business, and then Market Watch and Barron's. And he said that overall, they're not doing too badly. It's not too shabby. So I was very interested to find out from him why they're a bit different from your sort of straight up consumer publishers and, and what it is that they're doing well. Hopefully, there are still lessons that consumer publishers can take away. It's not just that there'll be things that other people can use as well, right? Well, the lesson might be, if you don't have um, subscriptions, maybe think about doing subscriptions and, and think about how, and think about how you can um, serve those subscribers better. So that, that's a lot about what, what he had to talk about, was why their, um, why their subscription uh, proposition has worked so well and, uh, and how they sort of continue to increase that. And that's like the main reason why they're doing so well, because they've got that recurring... Uh, subscription revenue and advertising is a reasonably small part of the pie for them. I think even when you um, when you put advertising and you're mainly a subscription business, you do advertising in a bit of a different way because you know a lot more about your audience. 
So it's much more a sort of bespoke advertising sell based around a smaller number of very important people who you, who you know lots about. And Dow Jones kind of within the microcosm of News Corp kind of fits that as well, doesn't it? Because we reported in August about its results for last year. And while Dow Jones has doubled its profitability over the past four years, the rest of the company suffered a year-on-year slowdown last year. Things like the New York Post and the Sun obviously have a very different business model, that more ad-based business model. Yeah, well, I suppose it shows the benefit uh, for a company of having a diversified um, like revenue streams. So I guess in the very good years, those ad-funded businesses will go really well and uh, and Dow Jones will just be the sort of dependable um, you know, revenue that's going up at a predictable rate. But then in the sort of uh, leaner years, as we're in at the moment, then um, you really depend on, the, on those uh, subscription businesses to kind of keep you going. Yeah, cool. So let's hear more about it from Alma himself. Do you want to um, lead us in? So um, the background is we're talking to it just off the back of the last News Corp quarterly earnings, uh, which showed that their overall digital subscribers are up to 4.6 million now across Dow Jones, Barron's and Wall Street Journal. And that their revenue, I think, is up to a record $537 million for the quarter. So I sort of um, asked him how he's doing it, really, what, 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 how they make it work, how are they managing to continue to grow subscribers when subscribers should be flattening off. But I started off by asking him, slightly off topic, but I thought important as I had him there, just to hear what the latest was of Evan Gershkovich, their reporter who, who remains in prison in Moscow. He's been there for just over six months. So he started off by telling me a bit about that and then we got into the business stuff. First of all, thank you for, to, to everyone in this room and your employees and the entire industry for the support uh, that, that everyone offers uh, all day long on, on social media and beyond. Uh, that is so, so very important. Uh, why? Uh, because in a, a very complex world with competing priorities, uh, ultimately keeping the spotlight on Evan and make sure that he remains a priority for the people who ultimately will decide how we will get out of this situation. How is he doing? Well, we have to rely on the the, the uh, word of Russian lawyers, an occasional uh, uh, consular visit or an embassy visit, uh, uh, lawyers that uh, we're paying but, but are operating in a farcical uh, legal system and a sham uh, trial. Uh, so what we're told is uh, that the, the one hour a day that he's led out of his tiny little box, um, he gets uh, exercise uh, and he, he, uh, he puts that to full use. He's reading a lot. Uh, he's corresponding maybe even with some of you in the room or certainly people that you know. Uh, and that correspondence uh, seems to lift him up. Um, he's uh, resilient, but yeah, this is secondhand. And even though that sounds pretty positive um, in relative to the circumstances, we cannot forget that this is a, an enormous outrage and so incredibly dangerous. Because if we're silent or if we don't succeed at getting Evan out, it just sends the signal to strongmen everywhere, everywhere, that you can get away with this. And that you can actually put your boot on the neck of free press. 
Um, so it's, it's terrible for, for Evan, uh, even as he's Brazilian. We spend a lot of time with his family, um, and uh, they are very, very strong, but, but you see the cost. Uh, it's tough for friends, it's tough for, uh, for colleagues. And the beauty is that a lot of us across the industry have come together, and uh, we can put a spotlight uh, on this, and we will get them out. Yeah. Well, yeah, good. I'm glad, and I'm glad we were able to touch on that, because like you say, there's so much going on, it's quite good to remind ourselves over in the room and around the place what's at stake and you know, that we can help out a little bit there just by kind of keeping that, keeping that story alive. So uh, we're, um, you've been here for three years, you know, Europe seeing a thriving business, Dow Jones Newswires, Barron's, Market Watch, Wall Street Journal. Um, together you've got five, five and a half thousand staff, amazing, uh, 1,700 journalists, so you know, one of the biggest newsrooms in the world. No doubt about that. Keep going. <laughs> I mean, I can remember when I first, uh, you know, the Gap Press Gazette, Wall Street Journal, I think it was two million prints sales a day, uh, you know, huge. And, uh, and you, you sort of made that transition now, you know, digital title with 3.5 million subscribers. So bigger, I'm guessing big, is it bigger now than it was when it was print or as big probably? It's only, in terms of audience, it must be. Yeah, the reach and the impact is, is uh, at, a, at the strongest level in, uh, in, in our history, I would say, yeah, at this point. Which is a good place to be when we think. Yeah. The biggest threat that I identify to internally and in terms of our mindset is what I call number one disease. It's the idea that you are doing so well that you don't need to change. And so constantly reminding yourself of the challenges. Um, of the, the, the changing landscape. Yeah, that seems so obvious, but that actually is not. It's very easy to slip in behavior that uh, makes you too relaxed. And, uh, and so that's a top priority across the board for the team. Yeah, well, you, you, you've had a chairman there who I imagine has kept you on your toes over the years, and I don't want to sort of get to a big sort of succession-style chat, but <laughs> obviously uh, he's, um, he's going to move back a bit now, and it's sort of interesting to see how that changes things. Well, and it's, and it's uh, known to the world, uh, he said uh, that he was going to go around on, on Fridays and, and meet with people, and lo and behold, uh, last Friday I, I got a phone call, and, and we had a great, uh, great lunch, um, and Rupert has been tremendously supportive of the Wall Street Journal and Dow Jones you know, for all these many years, and I don't think we would be uh, where we are today uh, without consistent support from ownership. So on to the kind of nuts and bolts, subscriptions, we'll start with that. So um, I saw in your last quarterly earnings, you've got 4.6 million digital subscriptions now across the piece, which is up considerably year on year. Uh, so, you know, that's a, that's a big theme uh, which I'm sure will come up across the day is that reader revenue piece. Obviously different for you guys, for your, your financial, not, you know, consumer publishers, you've got a slightly different picture. But um, what, what, you know, what are you doing to drive that subscriptions growth in? So we really thought post-pandemic this was all going to flatten out, and a lot of people have seen it flatten out and even go down as people cut back. So what's, what do you think is driving that? At the root, I think, for us, and I think for a number of other publishers, it, it, the demand for high quality, reliable uh, information is, uh, is there and it's intensifying. Why is it intensifying? Because the world is becoming much more complex, right? You, you uh, look at just about 
any aspect of business or any aspect of policy or any aspect of what you discuss at the kitchen table, yeah. you see that those major issues are very real. They're not just theoretical. They're not just things that pass you by. That means as a business leader, uh, as, as someone holding a job, any job, uh, or running a family, you have to make very serious decisions that have real, real implications. And so the need to have news or information or data or analytics that you can really rely on is intensifying. And I do not see that stopping. We're on the cusp of a new era that's really forming. Uh, where the uh, geopolitical uh, uh, lines are, are shifting uh, by the day, uh, uncertain outcomes. And so as that uncertainty compounds and the complexity compounds, uh, then there is going to be a greater need for uh, reliable information. And I believe that this is a genuine belief, not just as a slogan, but this is why we're in the business. And this is what we try to offer. This is what we invest in. And uh, you see, with with every, if you look back at the past eighteen months, and it's just staggering what has happened over the past eighteen months. You know, from from the invasion uh, in, uh, into Ukraine to, of course, the, the past couple of months and everything in between. But with 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 every major event, we see for all of our services, not just one channel, we see a, an increase, a spike of uh, demand. You see an increase of subscriptions uh, happening as a, as a result. So that's a real thing for us. Okay, well that's, that's some, something good anyway. Yeah, in a sense coming out of like a kind of chaotic situation, but probably something that I remember we saw um, uh, the global downturn you know, post 2008, but I think certain people needed more information more than they rather less. So, so look, you have your um, uh, quarterly figures out. Um, Last week, um, you know, revenue was up four percent, I think, to five hundred thirty-seven million in the quarter. If I'm reading it, if I'm reading it correctly, yeah, earnings up. Um, so it looks, you know, it looks pretty, pretty resilient as a business. Publishers generally, I'd say, are aren't where they hoped they'd be this time last year, but maybe not as bad as they feared. You know, things could be. Are you sort of where you plan to be, or is it? Is, have you been hit by some headwinds as well? Yeah, you, know, you always want to perform better, but it was the best quarter I think we had since News Corp acquired Agion. So it, it's it's uh, we're very thankful for for where we are. But you obviously always want to do better. I think the, the arc over time is more interesting. We've we've doubled our profitability, uh, our profits, uh, or even out uh, since pre-COVID, um, and so the journey is just on the right trajectory. Uh, we have uh, very ambitious internal goals. We're tracking against those goals. And you'll see on a journey some, some ups and downs, but I think we we are fundamentally a different company now, just the way that it's constituted than, uh, than uh, some time ago in the sense that we're now 80% recurring revenue. Uh, we're 80% uh, digital. And so the dynamic of what we do is different. Uh, and uh, so we're, we're obviously very pleased with uh, with those results, but it's just a step uh, toward uh, some very aggressive growth targets. And the, the advertising side of things, which um, everyone has had a tough year in advertising, your advertising is down, down a bit, but that's um, not 
as big an issue because you 85% is or 80% is subscriptions. Well, I mean, we, there's still our target, so uh, so and, and we want to we want to meet those um, uh, and exceed those. So, advertising is a, is a barbell, as anyone in this this room knows. And so, one part of it is is uh, not performing as well. Another part is actually, if you take away the blended number, another part of it is growing uh, quite sharply. Bespoke for us is incredibly important. This is something also that we can we feel can deliver uniquely or at least give our own twist to uh, to to what that means uh, and then and sorry just by bespoke just tell us a little bit about what you mean by that that's so building messaging for a, for a company yeah. so delivering the actual advertising yeah. uh, uh, content if you will. Yeah. Uh, so we have a, a, an outfit called uh, Dow Jones the trust yeah. and uh, that does that out uh, of um and uh, and so we see pockets of extraordinary performance within that so it's, it's hard to say um, you know, that the, the blended numbers often don't really tell us the, the story uh, then where we did see a, a, some uh, a softness related to uh, the fluctuations in, in, in the economy in different sectors uh, we expect that uh, the, the sectors that we are relying on Will, will perform strongly uh, in, in, in quarters to come. Okay. Um, I mean, how do you, looking at the sort of broader picture um, for, for, pub, for publishers, um, how, do you, how, how do you see things? I don't know, you can't talk about your future earnings, you know, you're, you're a listed company, but I mean, how do you sort of need to see the broad picture panning out as we get to the end of this year and look into next year? You think it's still going to be quite kind of choppy? Uh, macroeconomic picture for publishers, or do you see some with the election and other things happening? Do you see things maybe having a bit more of a lift as we go into next year? Well, I think uncertainty will con continue, and it cuts two ways. I think if you're very advertising reliant, and um, then I think that uncertainty might uh, might cut against you, depending on which sectors uh, are, are important to you. If you are uh, subscription reliant, uh, and you're focused on on high quality, reliable information, then there is an opportunity. It doesn't necessarily mean that because there's an opportunity that it will be realized. Um, but if you can convince during a volatile time in 2024, which will be a spectacular year, no matter how you slice it, um, the uh, if you can convince an audience that that you're there for them. Now, the question is, can you do that in a way that is structural, that is not just uh, like leaning into um, to the political flavor, for example, um, and so you can uh, not just have to bump uh, and then followed by a slump, but you can build something structurally. And that's really what we've tried to do over the past uh, four or five years to uh, build uh, structurally and not be too opportunist um, as you see that uncertainty and, and coupling it with a political flavor, I think that is shorter duration for success. Hi, I'm Anoush, and I host the New Statesman podcast. Twice a week, we get under the skin of Westminster to help understand what's going on and what's going to happen next. We interview politicians, policymakers, and people on the front line to get you the full story behind the headlines. Plus, hear from our award-winning editorial team, including political editor Andrew Marr, to get to the bottom of what on earth is happening. Listen to the New Statesman podcast 
You can subscribe now wherever you get your podcasts. Generative AI wouldn't be a media conference this year if we didn't talk about that. So let's. I'm surprised you didn't start out with a joke generated by generative AI. <laughs> well, it seems to be the, uh, the uh, yeah. Well, that's that's compliments to you. Yeah, so. thank you. Uh, no, that's uh, that's great. So, what do you want to know? Yeah. Well, um, so I guess two things really. Um, how how are you uh, deploying it within the business? Are you are you in fact? And um, how much do you think it's potentially a threat to your business model? Yeah. Uh, well, there's an opportunity and a, and a threat. The threat, in my view, is to not recognize uh, the moment we're in. And what moment are we in? That if you look back two decades, 15 years, uh, we had this trade-off. There was a moment where the sense was information needs to be free, the internet needs to be free. Somehow we went along with that, lots of folks went along with that. Um, and, and the consequences of not recognizing the value that, that actually was there were devastating and devastating for the news landscape for many many publications and so the not recognizing the value that we have individually and collectively i think is uh, is, is the threat and there's a serious risk if you balkanize too much if you're fragmented that that point will not be driven home that said there are i think major opportunities that outweigh uh, that threat and so first the battle for IP, making sure that you extract that value. We are uh, uh, in, in conversations with, uh, with major tech players and, uh, and that will continue. And the emphasis is on the value that we create, uh, even as the LLMs are crawling uh, all of our information and absorbing what we've built up over 100 years. Then there are two other categories that are of great importance, uh, and all of you are dealing with those. Uh, one is workflow. Uh, it, it will have a profound impact on information gathering workflow and distribution workflow, along with all the, the, the back office uh, the changes that you'll also see. The translation, for example, we translate to nine different languages. Uh, this will become a very, very different game after uh, Generative gets uh, deeply involved with that. And then the third point is we will be releasing new products that are linked to generative AI. Uh, we are focused on building those. Uh, we have a long history with AI. A large number of our headlines are already automated uh, as part of Dajon's Newswires, as part of uh, the Wall Street Journal. And so uh, that will help us uh, further on scale some of the products. Uh, but a lot of that is driven by what our customers are telling us, and particularly businesses are saying. We, here's how we want to consume uh, your information. Could you do this for us? And listening, instead of being the regal editor and, and just determining, that, oh, I know exactly what's right, and we want that, that human creation to, to some degree, but listening to what the market is asking for, that will uh, drive the, the kind of products that we're going to release around this. Okay. Uh, and I'm guessing with the newswires side, uh, Speed is uh, there's some there's some speed you, you can get there by automating certain things and doing all that. 
Yes, and then, yeah, for for years, uh, our some of the news that we release is directly linked to uh, trading machines, and and so yeah, the, uh, where latency de determines you know, how how, how uh, successful the trades are uh, from you know, the news traveling from us to uh, to them, and so with with generative and other other forms of automation uh, and, and artificial intelligence, we will help that as well. Okay, who'd like to ask a question? Go for it. Hi. David Kaplan with Brand Newsroom. Uh, two quick questions. Can you talk a little bit more about the process for using automation for, as you mentioned, headlines? Uh, is it for certain kinds of news, as you said, like basically market news, I'm guessing? Or do you, and how do you see that expanding? And secondly, the, the youth question. Uh, everyone's, do you feel insulated because, you know, Wall Street Journal as opposed to more general news, you're focused on business, it's obviously essential. Do you not feel as much pressure as general news organizations to appeal in different ways to younger readers, younger subscribers? So we have first the, the headline question, uh, the, the category in which we have been very active over the years is where you have a predictable story format or predictable expectations from a reader or a customer. And, and so you can build an, an algorithm around that. And so we'll see that intensify. And I think the threshold for where that is applicable will go down. So exactly where that lands again the tbd but uh, but we we experiment and of course the, first, the 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 number one thing there is ensuring quality the same goes for uh, for for translation um your second question was of a very different nature because we're business if i can restate yeah. your thesis we're not interested in younger audience will gen z ever yeah. take out a subscription yeah. I guess, or they get to stand yeah. TikTok and get that. Yeah. yeah. Much uh, better way of phrasing it. <laughs> so, there's obviously, how does uh, new generations, uh, one after Gen Z as well, uh, take in news as a, a serious question for all of us? So, uh, first, the thesis for us is anyone who's in business should come across Dow Jones and Wall Street Journal products multiple times a day. We're not, we're not there. And business writ large. So that is top executives, it's C-suite, uh, but it's uh, people in the rank and file, and it's people who are starting their jobs. We are very active with, uh, with student uh, uh, subscriptions. We will be more active there. Uh, you'll find us uh, operating in more formats, uh, uh, packaging and repackaging. By the way, I think it's not right to assume that the behaviors of Gen Z won't very, very quickly travel to their parents, to their grandparents, but also to analysts and IB folks uh, and, and, and just business folks, uh, because yeah, you're a consumer and you're a professional, you know, all at the same time. So that uh, so we're focused on that. A few things that have happened that, that might not meet the eye when you, when you just uh, you know, read our earnings or uh, or see us on a on a newsstand, which yeah, still a lot of people probably think, uh, if you think of the Wall Street Journal, uh, of that beautiful print copy, it's beautiful, and it's great, it's a great experience, uh, but that is a relatively small part of our business uh, right now, we're 80% digital. And, and so, you know, we're, we're deeply invested in, uh, in new generations and in new formats. Apple News uh, uh, has introduced us to a, is one of the ways in which we've been introduced to a massive new audience. Uh, we are actually seeing um, stronger conversion, growth, growing conversion coming from that. 
Yeah, and so I refuse to uh, assume that Gen Z does not want to take in reliable news. And then on business versus general, so we, our starting point is we're there for the business user, but that's very close uh, uh, to, to, to general news as well. We, we, we have to look at the whole world in order to understand business, and therefore we're also there for, for folks who come in from the other side. Thank you. Al Almar, David Clench from our Stories All nice to see you again. I have two very quick questions. One is bundles. Do you imagine the journal taking a bundle approach to your subscription business or products? And secondly, with a lot of media tech companies here as well today, what's your thoughts on build versus buy in terms of your technology approach internally? So it's two very good questions. Yeah, okay. On, on bundling, we, uh, we do have a, a, a bundle out and actually numerous bundles. I think it's all about consumer choice. What we have found for our customer set is that the more we offer them, the more they'll, they'll take. And so there's a great openness to exploring other brands, to exploring other offerings. And so that has been a key part of our strategy over the past, I would say, uh, 12 to 18 months. And you'll see that accelerate, I think. On build versus, uh, versus buy, versus partner. I think you know, partnering is incredibly important for us. Um, and if you're talking about off-the-shelf technology, I think we have to try so many new things all at once that it would be not wise to build everything ourselves. But certain things that are closest to the customer, we, we have to have a hand in that. Uh, Josh Hubbard, Morning Group. Nice to see you. Hey. Uh, you're a former reporter, uh, now an exec. Um, with trust in media being at a nadir, how do you balance the needs of your clients, of your advertisers, and your clients of your readers? Well, they they want the same thing, right? They we the first they say they want the same. Thing. Sorry. They say they want the same thing, but is is does an advertiser care about the same things that a reader does from a reader point of view? Right, so an advertiser can say we care about trust and honesty and reporting, but how often have we all understood the case with a possible disconnect? I'm just curious how the Wall Street Journal approaches that. Yeah, so uh, and, and uh, so thank you, I appreciate it. I take it at face, at face value. So first of all, advertising is. 15% of our business right now. So we're mainly focused on uh, uh, driving subscriptions. What we find is that focusing on subscriptions and having that deep relation, which does, I think, people pay for that trust, has made us more attractive to advertisers. And so I think that's proving that advertisers care about that trust, or at least how that shows up in statistics. So I do think that, uh, and I understand your, your angle of your question, but, but nonetheless, I think there, there is a, a genuine connection between trust and, and advertising for a category of advertisers, certainly uh, the ones that we're working with. And the other way to address that, if you just ask about our values, is to make sure that you have a very clear idea of what works for you and what doesn't work. You all have done a bit in terms of diversifying revenue streams and including now the shopping commerce endeavors um, as part of the business. So just curious how much you're, you're looking to rely on it for the business model. Affiliate. Diversification or affiliate? Affiliate specifically in its role in helping diversify. 
Yeah, so we're 2.2 something billion in revenue. Is affiliate is a small uh, but growing part of that. Um, my personal view on why we're engaging on this is uh, it's fundamentally not satisfying as a customer if you read something and yeah, some review on this or that. If you want to be full service, you want to you want to allow a customer to then say, oh, you recommend this? I I would actually like to transact on this. It's almost a disservice and a natural flow of a customer, I find. And so I come more at it from that angle. How, how do we help uh, our uh, customers, uh, business folks, uh, consumers, get through uh, their day the fastest and the most efficient way and, and offering them what they're looking Why are you reading a review? You're reading a review because you want something or you're interested in it and you're weighing uh, one option against the other. I think the natural conclusion of that is to say, I'll make the purchase if I so choose. Let's make that possible. I don't, uh, and so you'll see um, some more activity from, from us on that, uh, the main businesses. Okay, with one last uh, question, if that's okay. Yeah. I feel that us, everyone in this room, us publishers, professional publishers, are really nowadays um, not in a battle with each other so much as a, a battle for relevance and market share with uh, tech platforms, with, co with companies that don't employ any journalists uh, and in fact arguably are uh, taking a lot of journalists jobs by taking, taking advertising, market share and, uh, and attention. In that spirit, you know, what advice would you give to our, our people running media businesses in this room going into next year? How, how, how can they lead their teams, grow their businesses and compete uh, and to win back a bit of that market share for the tech platforms next year, what would be your what would be your your advice to them? Well, I think in in this market that is you know, more crowded, where distribution is accelerating in different in, in different ways, whether clearly the tech partners are are um, taking more market share from advertising, being aware of what makes you unique. Okay. And it just seems like a simple thing, but how do you distinguish yourself and what is your identity vis-a-vis -vis all the other players that are out there? It's so easy to lose track of that. We're coming off of an era where uh, you could really not tell from headlines which publication was uh, generating some of these things. And that is so damaging. You also see it within publications. You can, if you follow the flow of of tech, particularly with an eye on advertising, you can dilute your identity, and then it's very, very hard to get back. And that's a, yeah, I encourage everybody to look at the, 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 the companies that have risen and then have seen a slump or worse. You see that maximizing and sort of taking on more types of content to get a larger audience to a point of dilution where no one recognizes your unique value, and then it's done. And so, that is the thing I would watch the closest. So anything you can do to define your value, to enhance your value, and to enhance your identity. Thanks, Dom, and thanks to Alma Latour, Dow Jones CEO and publisher of the Wall Street Journal as well. So we're kind of learning that when chaos reigns for lots of people, those premium trusted brands with a strong niche and subscriptions that 
people see as essential to their lives and maybe their working lives, they can do okay. Is that basically it? I think so. I mean, uh, I, I remember um, 2008 downturn. It was a similar story. I mean, that was a much, much more severe downturn than we've got at the moment. It felt like the end of the world at the time. But even then, I remember the FT um, actually started becoming profitable for the first time. And it really sort of started getting heavily into um, its paywall website following that. And I think it's a similar thing now. I think that in a way, when the economy's good, people aren't quite so hungry, perhaps, for news and information because um, things are ticking along. And maybe they can just think about what like nice car to buy or what holiday to go on or whatever, or you know, buying buying the new boat. But I think at the moment where it's a bit chaotic, there's a lot of disruptive factors going on not least of which AI, everyone's looking for different solutions and different ways of doing things. And it's much harder to make money or to just to tread water. So um, I think, yeah, as a result, I think um, you can see that um, people are providing that information to business doing okay. So, you know, I suppose it's just, it's useful for all of us to sort of maybe think, think about that a little bit, especially if we're in business publishing or even if you're in consumer media in tough times people you know need information don't they need information more maybe it's not like heavy financial information it might be like where's the cheapest supermarket or something but there's like a there's a lot of value in using publishers to find ways to sort of save money and and make money Mm, definitely and it's a relief that you at least came out of the u.s conference with one positive story if everyone else was a bit doom and gloom yeah, exactly. The the rest of it was fairly glum, to be honest. I mean, obviously, um, it was great fun and great to meet all our American readers who are excellent people. But yeah, overall, tough times, tough times in the publishing business. There are some rays of light. That's, that's the good news. Yeah, some chinks of light. So thanks so much, Dom. And thanks to your interviewee, Alma Latour. We've been produced today by Suze Cooper and Bron Mar, and I am Crescent UK editor Charlotte Tobit, and we will be back in another fortnight with another episode. In the meantime, you can find lots of news and information on Press Gazette, pressgazette.co.uk. See you next time. <laughs>